This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. You're listening to Sports Better's Paradise on the Bet Rivers Network. All right, Jimmy Ott, along with uh, Bruce Marshall, manager of the year, Bruce Marshall, with his uh, Orioles hat on. And uh, we were talking before we come on here with uh, Sports Better's Paradise, talking college football. But, Brucey, you are right. I mean, coaching awards, managerial awards are supposed to be above expectation. Nobody came close to Baltimore with their return on investments on an individual game basis and also uh, over uh, surpassing their expected win total by a lot. Yeah, and I have no knocks on Terry Francona because uh, he did a great job with uh, Cleveland this year. But Brandon Hyde deserved to be the American League Manager of the Year. And what irked me more was that there were a lot of ballots apparently that were uh, uh, turned in that didn't even have Hyde's name on it, first, second, or third pick. And that's ridiculous. But anyway, uh, he did a great job. Everybody in, uh, in the American League knows the job he did. No problem with Francona, but uh, Hyde got shafted a bit there, I think. All right, let's get to college football. Friday night game, we've got one in the Mountain West. And if it wasn't for that meltdown in the uh, fourth quarter and basically the last two minutes of the game, that 28-17 lead with less than a minute and a half to go in the quarter, no timeouts for Fresno State. They get the touchdown. They get the onside kick. They get another touchdown, and San Diego State loses a tough one. San Diego State, the Aztecs, after starting out 2-3, and three, they, would have, they would be on a five-game winning streak. So they're four of their last five. That's the only blemish. Now they travel to Albuquerque to take on New Mexico. Bet Rivers number on Friday night, Aztecs minus 14 and a half. Yeah, uh, and, and the way Az- the Aztecs are moving the ball now uh, with Jalen Maiden at quarterback, this is one of the best stories of the year. We've talked about it before. I mean, uh, I mean, I mean, this is like a Jed Clampett going out shooting for some food and finding some oil on his property there because this kid was buried on the depth chart in the secondary earlier in the year for um, San Diego State and playing on special teams. He had transferred in from Mississippi State. They gave him a shot at quarterback about midseason when Burmeister continued to struggle and they just didn't look like they had anything of a passing game. And Maiden has given them that. And uh, last week, 43-point explosion against San Jose State. Like you said, they should have won that uh, Fresno game. They're going to be bowl eligible. They'll, They'll play somebody in a bowl. And very impressive last week against San Jose uh, uh, against San Jose in that win. Now, but the, the real attraction here, I think, is going against New Mexico. Now, there's an interesting connection there should be here because Rocky Long is now coordinating the defense for the Lobos. That's where he used to coach. That's his old alma mater. And, oh, yeah, he did coach San Diego State for about a decade before leaving a couple of years ago. Uh, and his defense is still f- uh, formidable and can do some things. A game earlier this year, 
against UTEP, they forced seven turnovers and ended up winning that game. But that's about the only way they can score. Uh, uh, Danny Gonzalez, the coach, fired his offensive coordinator a few weeks ago. That hasn't helped the offense. Look where New Mexico is here. They, they are ready to complete a, a, an incredible parlay of finishing last in the country two years in a row in total offense. They just don't score. Uh, he's juggled his quarterbacks, and, and they just don't have – any offense whatsoever, and that negates whatever Rocky can do with his defense. I'm all on the Aztecs here. I usually wouldn't lay this many points with them, especially out in the road, but there is no home edge in Albuquerque. Nobody shows up. They have a poor record at home, the Lobos do. And my score forecast in the sheet, I had a little fun with this one, 27 to 5. Okay, I'll give uh, the Lobos a safety here tonight and a field goal uh, Friday night. Otherwise, go Aztecs. Lobos averaging seven and a half points a game the last four. And, yes, they are on a uh, seven-game losing streak headed into this. And Friday night, 945 Eastern kickoff on Fox Sports 1, FS1. Early games on Saturday. And, boy, what has happened to Illinois? They uh, stumble into Ann Arbor here. Michigan looking ahead maybe a little bit to their uh, their uh, matchup against Ohio State. Uh, noon kickoff on ABC. Wolverines eighteen and forty-one. Yeah, um, and I'm a little disappointed in Illinois. And we talked about this uh, earlier this week, Jimmy. Um, you know, I I thought this team was going to cruise in in the West, and in November it's been it's been tough sledding. Um, the defense hasn't quite been as airtight. It's been good, but not quite what it was. Um, earlier in the, in the season for Ryan Walters there, but more disappointed in the, in, in the offense here. Now, we knew this team was going to have trouble playing from behind. Uh, that's just not the way this offense is built. DeVito, the quarterback from Syracuse, the transfer, has been a very good game manager for Bielema all season. Um, but when they fell behind that game against Michigan State a couple of weeks ago, they really weren't prepared to catch up. Also, uh, they've leaned a lot on Chase Brown, a very good running back who has been banged up in recent weeks. So, They've been missing those sorts of contributions from Brown, and they just have not been able to get over the hump. Um, This is a little scary now, and and now the Big Ten West is completely up for grabs. There's like four teams now tied for the lead, and uh, I'm not sure Illinois is going to get there. I don't think they'll get here at the big house unless Michigan is really looking ahead to Ohio State, but that hasn't been the M.O. here for Harbaugh. In fact, the last couple of games, uh, look what they're doing in the second half against uh, Rutgers and Nebraska. They really seem to hit the accelerator. The offense can put up points in a hurry. Blake Corum is still way in the periphery of the Heisman discussion, but a big finish for him this game and then next week against Ohio State, the Big Ten championship game. He could still pick up some more Heisman votes. That's a bit of a long shot, but they score points in bunches. And uh, I, I'm not sure that uh, that Illinois is going to be able to keep pace here. 31 to 10, Harbaugh. Uh, so they'll roll into Ohio State uh, next week. A big revenge game for the Buckeyes. We'll talk about that next week. Uh, Illinois be seven. Yep. Illinois seven and one right now, and, and the one they got hosed, and so they were basically eight and zero. But you know, it looks like a tired team. Yeah. And it, it, it was no fluke when Michigan State beat them, and that's with eight players suspended. Yeah. Brown now, uh, 280 rushes, 23 more receptions, over 300 touches at this point. He's not a very big guy uh, either, so that maybe take a little wear and tear. So uh, Illinois sliding in this with a shoot two weeks ago, this line would have been about uh, 10. You know, I mean, uh, Illinois was uh, m- that much more respected in their defense is uh, on the field a lot. They're getting moved around as well. Another noon kickoff. Uh, this one on Fox and 
Just keep waiting for TCU to fall out of that tree. They don't do it, even as a more than a touchdown favorite, uh, touchdown underdog, rather, in Austin. And they do it in a different way, in holding the Longhorns to under 200 total yards and win a defensive struggle uh, by seven. TCU, two and a half, 57 and a half, trying to keep their uh, playoff hopes alive in Waco against Baylor. Yeah, and uh, listen, this league uh, has cannibalized itself this year in, in the Big 12, except for TCU. Everybody else is beating everybody else, but TCU has not lost yet. We've talked about this all season and what Sonny Dykes has been able to do, and they've won games in different ways. And, and you mentioned that last week it was a defensive war uh, at, in a slower-paced game at uh, Texas, but they were sort of in control, and the big play element there, the long touchdown run from Miller, dug in through a long TD pass, they are very explosive, but the defense really shut down what had been a hot offense <clears throat> coming into last week. Baylor could rise up here, and it's it's possible uh, in Waco they could, but they when they've they've had some games this year where things have really gone sideways on them. A shaping a quarterback um, has been prone to some mistakes. This defense has been not quite as good as it was last year for Dave Aranda, and they've had too many games this year where they just haven't brought their A game. Uh, it's possible they could rise up, and TCU. I mean, it's hard to believe they have pushed this thing this far. But they've only lost once against the point spread this year, too. And that was in a game they won in overtime against Oklahoma State. They've also played very well in the fourth quarter. 62-21 outscoring teams in the fourth quarter the last four weeks. And that suggests they really, they they have great resilience and poise, too. Let's just ride these guys again. Uh, TCU, I think, will get there. Uh, 29-16 Frogs get them one win closer to uh, the Big 12 title game unbeaten and maybe a playoff berth. Hey, the the big star receiver, Quentin Johnson, uh, for TCU, who was sort of a question mark going into the game in Austin last week, did play and had three catches for 66 yards and a TD. All right, and one final one noon kickoff, and uh, you and Paul Stone uh, may be on the same page here. CBS Sports Channel uh, in West Point, Army 10, 43 and a half against the Bowl-eligible UConn Huskies. I think Jim Mora, uh, here's my, uh, my, my Brandon Hyde of college football this year, uh, to get these guys bowl-eligible at UConn for the mess that had been created there the last few years uh, and bringing Randy Edsel back and then having him leave early last season. And it was just a complete mess. Uh, but uh, what they've done this season and to get bowl-eligible is pretty remarkable. And if you watch UConn play, it's a pretty basic formula there. I mean, uh, uh, Zion Martin, the freshman quarterback, is, is, is going in there, but it's not a very flashy offense. They run the ball. They have a squadron of running backs. They play very physical. It's a close-to-the-vest offense, and uh, the defense has been much better than anybody anticipated. Actually, Connecticut started to play better against the spread uh, last season, a little bit more competitive when the, the, the spreads were – uh, really high. The spreads have been somewhat reduced this year, but also uh, Morris covering numbers eight and two against the spread. He's covered seven in a row here, and they've got this win streak going. Army, look at these games. Uh, the recent weeks for Army, he had a 13-7 Air Force. We talked about that. The dueling options and limited number of plays, low scoring. Last week again, same sort of thing. Troy ten to nine. So lower scoring games here, and for Army to be laying this many points, it, it just takes them so long to get downfield to score whenever they do. Um, I mean, the, the, the game shortens with them, and uh, I could also see another under here, but really a recommendation first and foremost for UConn to keep it going 
And uh, why not a straight-up win here for the Huskies? 16-13 to 13 Mora. Uh, so let's call a straight-up win for the Huskies. You might even consider this on the uh, uh, price line there for a straight-up win line. For, for the money line. Uh, but otherwise, uh, uh, plus the points, UConn looks good. All right, uh, yeah, uh, UConn with a big money line uh, score last week, uh, over four to one. And uh, looking at it uh, this week, uh, by the way, ticket up at the uh, plus three twenty right now at Bet Rivers. Uh, Jim Moore Jr. and the UConn Huskies have lapped their win total. They are two and a half before the season. They're now at six wins. All right, uh, let's continue. Uh, go to a late one here, Bruce, because. Matt Humans, this is a scratch by him because nothing official, as nothing is official when it comes to quarterbacks. The coaches have been playing games all over the uh, year. Twice uh, with uh, Arkansas with K.J. Jefferson against Mississippi State and LSU being very secretive. Dylan Gabriel against Texas. Uh, Spencer Sanders against um, against Kansas. I mean, we go on and on, and it took a wide receiver to leak out that Bo Nix is probably not going to play against Utah. The line went from Oregon three to Utah anywhere from one to two. Uh, right now at uh, Bet Rivers, Utah is one and a half and 61 and a half overnight. This is the late one on ESPN. Matt Newman says he is off. I liked Oregon with Bo Nix. I'm off of it as well. Any opinion on this one? I'm with you, Jimmy, because uh, Nix meant everything to them, and you saw – he missed a little bit last week, uh, and, and with Thompson, they weren't able to to to, to move the ball that effect, uh, effectively. The whole story with you with Oregon this season has been how well uh, Kenny Dillingham and and Nick's have worked in concert together with this offense. I mean, Nick's was not has not been making the mistakes he did at Auburn. He's been able to be a great dual threat, big plays mm-hmm. galore. Um, and you take that element out of the offense, uh, this is a big, a big negative, and it could be a real big negative for uh, for Oregon. You're right. I mean, we've seen some strange things this year with our quarterbacks, and uh, you mentioned Spencer Sanders last week. I mean, he was out, looked like he wasn't going to play, and all of a sudden there he shows up in the second half for Oklahoma State. So who he knows? Got healthy in the third quarter, Bruce. He did. He did. He yeah. got healthy in the third quarter, <laughs> and Gundy's son was not doing it at quarterback. But anyway, as far as this one goes, I don't think Oregon's the same team. Utah, the winner of this game will get into the pack. 12 title game so a lot at stake remember what happened late last season um when utah beat oregon twice uh handily including the pac-12 title game but things were going sideways for oregon at the end last year christoval was getting ready to leave the, the rumors were starting about miami for him and normally i would think oregon could get a, get some revenge here i don't know that that's the case right now cam risings come back in at quarterback for utah i think they will be able to win this game now i'm like you i'd switch to the utah side now if Knicks can't play all right, uh, going to the ACC, uh, North Carolina, 21-63.5 over Georgia Tech. This is a 5.30 Eastern kickoff on ESPN2. Tar Heels, 6-0 and in one-score games. Yes. Uh, however, I don't think they're going to have any sweat this week. Um, by the way, Drake May, uh, he came in completely under the radar this season taking over for sam howell he's been much better than hell you look at the stats i mean leads the nation in total offense he's he, based upon his performance this guy is in the high he's in the top three for the heisman I, he's going to get some votes i don't think he's going to be maybe at downtown athletic club in december but he is something absolutely special he's north carolina's leading rusher as well as i uh, 
the passing yards he's putting up are through the roof. Uh, over, you know, 400 yards of total offense per game. He is spectacular, and uh, he's been able to overcome the defense, which early in the season really struggled some for North Carolina. Better later for Gene Shizik. But uh, this is really Mac Brown's revenge because last year uh, North Carolina undershot expectations. Now, the other way here this week. This is worth in- mentioning. Uh, Georgia Tech is now, now Jeff Sims, the quarterback, is out. They had two Zacks, Pyron and Gibson. Uh, they combined for four picks in the loss last week to Miami. Uh, Pyron is out. It's now just Gibson fl- playing solo, so he's effectively their third quarterback. And this is a bad situation. We, we've talked about Georgia Tech this year. Brett Key pulled it together for a couple of weeks after being named the interim after Jeff Collins walked the plank there in early October, but they have uh, fallen apart lately. This team could scatter in the portal. And mark my words right now, Jeff Sims, the original quarterback, he goes in the portal like people down there think. He can end up somewhere really good next year. He could end up in the SEC. Uh, Jimbo Fisher better get the nil guys ready to bring him to AM or somewhere. He's a really good quarterback. And without him, this offense has been nowhere near the same. Uh, 48-14 North Carolina. They're in the NC- the ACC title game. They will face uh, Clemson there and have a chance to get in the New Year's Six. Uh, and they might be a fun team to watch uh, come uh, bowl time. Uh, so I'm all for the Tar Heels this week. Yeah, uh, Drake May, uh, Bet Rivers' uh, fourth choice to win the Heisman now at uh, six to one. And you're right, uh, Sam Holland thought it was be a drop off. He's outperforming him uh, in his first year starting. So. Uh, what will he have to build upon? Uh, no doubt that they're looking at him. He's going to be a high pick, one or one A, on the NFL draft board as well. So he's going to be drafted higher than uh, <clears throat> than Sam Howell as well. All right, Matt uh, Humans uh, touched on this one. I think you guys are on the same page. It's a primetime game on Fox, 8 p.m. Eastern kickoff in the Rose Bowl. USC is 2.5 and 76 over UCLA. Yeah, I mean, uh, buckle your seatbelts here. I mean, this has been the – Pac-12 version of SMU in Houston in recent years. Just points, points, points. I mean, they have exceeded 80 the last three times they have played. And uh, they exceeded 90 last year. UCLA got 62 of the points. So, uh, even though UCLA did lose that game last week, everything's still on the table. They win here and then beat Cal in the final game. They're in the Pac-12 title game. Um, And these teams mirror each other quite a bit. One, their defenses are both uh, shaky, and I'm not sure there's an advantage for either side there. Uh, Defensively, maybe a little bit to UCLA. I'm really unimpressed with USC's defense because the tackling has been poor all season. Uh, But secondly, I mean, offensively, the quarterbacks, we know what Caleb Williams has done for SC and DTR for UCLA, but UCLA's ground game is a little bit more jarring than USC's. SC is a complete finesse offense. This is Lincoln Riley all the way. Chip Kelly's offense, I mean, they knock you back on your heels, and with Zach Sarbonnet running, I think he could do some real damage here to SC. One other note. Uh, and this is what can happen if the schedule breaks right and it is like rolling out the red carpet for SC this season. Uh, there are four other top-tier teams in the Pac-12 uh, besides SC. There's uh, uh, Utah, Oregon, uh, UCLA, and Washington. To this point, and we're at November 20th here this weekend, USC has played one of those teams to this point and lost. It was Utah, and it was close, but they still lost. I mean, for this, this the schedule has broken so incredible, better than it has for UCLA, which had which beat Utah and beat Washington here at the Rose Bowl. They will beat USC. They should not be the underdog here. And this game is going to go over, I think. 47-42 UCLA. It's a high total up there in the high 70s. That hasn't mattered. That hasn't been high enough in this series lately. 
over first call, UCLA second call on this one. And, and you also talk about Die going down uh, for USC in that Colorado game. So, you know, yeah. he and Charbonnet kind of yeah. offset each other, but – you know, that's uh, even uh, – it, it takes away uh, from even uh, the, some of the balance that USC has for sure with losing him. And finally, Bruce, a 3.30 game on ABC, Ohio State again. Are they looking ahead to their game against Michigan? They travel to College Park, Maryland to take on the Terps 27.5 and 63. Yeah, uh, it's it's possible they could. I mean, what a, what a cataclysmic showdown that's going to be next week. They got one more here. But we have another chance to go against Maryland. Now, they're making us lay a lot bigger price with Ohio State than we did with Penn State last week. But some of the same dynamics are at play. And that is, second half of the season, Maryland fades. And that's been the pattern under Mike Loxley ever since he got there. Uh, the, the spread record now in the second half of the regular season uh, under Loxley, 2-19. and 19. Uh, so the pattern has been the same every year, and that's so after game five, and then I adjusted that a little bit for the uh, uh, COVID season too. It's same thing this year, a soft non-conference slate. They look very good. The first couple of Big Ten games, they're still flying pretty high. This year we saw the Michigan game, then play the Wolverines pretty tough. But once Maryland gets to about mid-October, it starts to fade, and uh, it starts to go sideways really quick. Uh, the offense is bogged down completely. Uh, only 10 points total the last couple of weeks. They've had injury issues there. And Ryan Day, uh, this is the most bloodthirsty coach in the country. When he can run up a score, he will. Ohio State has handled a lot of these numbers on the road before. The last couple of times against Maryland, some real blowouts as well. So uh, four touchdowns doesn't look uh, too big to me here. Uh, 49 to 10, uh, Ohio State. I'll lay it. Lay the points. Just go against Maryland. That's an automatic play for me in the second half of the season. Also interesting to watch how these coaches approach once the college football playoff poll comes out. They look to tack them on. Tennessee was ridiculous. USC was ridiculous. It made the difference uh, in in the spread. And, yeah, they uh, they kind of they kind of finish teams off and widen that gap a little bit as – if you would hope the committee will throw out those garbage touchdowns. But anyway, all right, Bruce, to recap his picks, uh, in reverse order, Ohio State minus 27.5, UCLA plus 2.5, and the over 76, UConn plus the 10, North Carolina minus 21, Utah minus 1.5 without Bo Nix. Uh, and Matt Humans has flipped from Oregon to Utah as well. Uh, TCU uh, continues their dream, uh, two and a half uh, at Waco against Baylor. Michigan minus 18 against Illinois. Both the big boys in the Big Ten kind of uh, Bruce looking to run up the score as they uh, lead into their matchup. And then Friday night, San Diego State minus 14 and a half against the punchless New Mexico Lobos. For Bruce Marshall, I'm Jimmy Odd on the Sports Betters Paradise on the Bet Rivers Network.